Oh. Yeah, I almost got my Shake Shack privileges revoked the other day because I was I was uh cheating on him with some five guys. Hey yo, five guys ain't even that, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, hey yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Pause. Pause. Hey yo, pause. You was cheating on with who? Oh snap! Damn. That sounds like a whole reality episode. Wow. Wow. Had you stretched out. Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing to comment. I can't stay comfortable. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. Yo, what it is? Yo, hello, good morning. Tell me what the lick reads. This is a special episode, ladies and gentlemen. The off the rip family has just added another member. We have just <laughs> added another member. It has gotten bigger. We are expanded. Wow. We're taking over worldwide. We are. What is good? Another family member. What's going on? Move. What happened? Let the people know what happened. What's going down? Sure. It was. It was. It was an amazing day. Um, it started on Saturday, so she was due the day after Thanksgiving. So the baby was late. So they told us on Saturday to you know come in. So. We wake up that morning. They said, we'll give you a call at eight o'clock. Wake up that morning, eight o'clock. They call us. I'm like, no room in the hospital right now. So we'll give you a call around two. And we're like, all right. So I guess we're waiting on two. Two o'clock comes around. Yeah, we still have no updates for you right now. Mm. So we're just at the curb chilling. Like, just like, damn. So then Saturday comes. uh, So then later that day, probably around four, they told us we can come in. So we come in eight o'clock get there all set ready to go still ain't got no room so we wait till like 10 o'clock to finally get into a room so me not knowing how this process works i assumed i was like all right so they're just gonna induce her 20 minutes later baby comes right i don't know how to like shit that works. damn i don't know how it works <laughs> so this is me being gonna come out clean too didn't you yeah, I thought this shit was gonna uh, be like, I thought shit was gonna be clockwork. Thought. I was like, okay, we gonna be out of here quick, right? No. So, like, luckily my mom was there. So then they were like, all right, we're gonna do like, we're gonna give, I forget what the drugs called. It's like Pitocin or something like that. And it's gonna start inducing, um, you know, contractions and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right. So it's probably gonna be like a, a two hour process by Saturday, Sunday morning. I'm gonna see my daughter and everything's gonna be all good. Wrong. They're giving her Pitocin. But then, like, the baby's heart rate keeps dropping, so they have to keep stopping and wait until, you know, everything's settled and stuff like that. So this process goes on. Then she's starting to have contractions, and then this is when, like, the pain really starts because she first had pain, right? And the doctor's like, what would you rate the pain? The doc- She was like, all right, like, uh, a seven. She was like, a seven? So she was like, it's going to get worse <laughs> Oh, oh shit so i was like yo i'm like panicking like like i'm like oh shit like this is about to be terrible so like she gets to a seven and stuff so she thinks it's a seven what ends up happening is that's like a four to what she gets was that Ooh. was that pain transferable like were you holding her hand at that moment so like i was, she was feeling a seven but, but your, <laughs> your hand give, was numb at this point i'll give you i'll give her so much credit because like the whole time while this is going on I told like, cause the whole time I'm like, yo, you can just squeeze my hand. Like if you have to break my hand, break my hand or so be it. But she like, every time, like one time, like my finger like cracked because she like kind of squeezed it one time and she was like, oh my God, I broke your hand. No, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. So like, mind you, she's in like all this pain, but she's like concerned about me the whole time. Like the shit was crazy. Like I was like, mm. I was like, yeah, like there's, there's nothing that I won't do for this woman. So, that's so that's, then we that's get beautiful. so then we get to the next day. So they finally call us that morning. Um, we get like it's about eight o'clock, right? So she's ha- starts having really bad contractions again. So she has the epidural and everything, but now she can feel it in her leg. Mm-hmm. So, like even like the the epidural 
doesn't affect what's going on in the leg. So she's feeling this pain. She's like crying and stuff like All that. this medical jargon, I have no idea. I have yeah, same. Rolling. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. So, you know, some uh, of our female listeners are gonna understand this. Probably shit. laughing. Gonna be a lot of right I know. I know. I know. At least two yeah. of them are laughing at me right now. But go ahead. Absolutely. Like I'm telling. Like to be completely honest, I had no idea about how any of this worked. So I'm not an expert. I just learned something over the weekend. So you know. So you know. They um, give it epidural. And now she start having these leg contractions. But she took Tylenol about two a.m. But we can't take another dose of Tylenol till about 10. So she, it's about eight o'clock right now. And like, I'm telling you, like, she's bawling right now. Like, I feel so bad. Like, and I'm like looking at the dogs, like, what can we do? What can we do? Like, I don't know what to do with the situation. Like, if, if it was transferable, I would have taken it. So then we get to, you know, 10 a.m. The doctor comes in and was like, all right, we can, he's like, all right. So they finally got the, the pain situated and stuff like that. So like, all right. So we're worried because the baby's heart rate keeps dropping. So we might have to take you to um, one of the, the surgery rooms just in case we have to do an emergency C-section because every time like they would, she would get contractions, the baby's heart rate would start dropping because of the stress. So they were like, if she starts delivering and the baby's heart rate drops, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section. So then I'm like all panicky again. Like, luckily, like, my mom's there the whole time. So she's, like, keeping me calm and stuff like that. Because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I, if it was just me in this hospital, there's no way we would have, we you know, accomplished anything. Because, you know, I'm an emotional wreck at this point and stuff like that. And then they they started, um, they're like, all right, we're going to try to push. If it doesn't work, we'll go into the C-section. But, you know, we're going to see what happens right now. So then she starts pushing and stuff like that. She starts pushing, starts pushing. They're like, all right, the baby's fine. So we're going to have you keep pushing out. So then she pushes a few times. The doctor tells me, come over here. Come take a look at it, right? So I walk over there. Come take a look at what? I'm sorry. I, I saw the to... You went over, you went under the curtain? <laughs> what you said? Yeah. You went under I, the I curtain? Saw, and I saw the head for the first time. Oh, bro, oh shit. Bro. You a brave man. I'm, I'm telling you. I've never won uh, NBA Finals, a Super Bowl, but I'm like, there's no way that feeling can beat the feeling of seeing your child for the first time. Mm. Like, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, I start breaking down. I'm like crying. I'm like looking at my mom's like, mommy, she's mine. Like, that's mine right there. Like, like it was, <laughs> it was literally the most emotionally vulnerable I've ever been like there's a there's like 10 people in this room and I'm just like bawling my eyes out and like as soon as like the baby comes and stuff like that so like obviously they give it to Dahlia and like you see her and obviously she starts crying and stuff like that and I'm like bro like I don't know if I've ever I I don't think I'll ever feel that feeling again like the day that I first saw my daughter it was like, I still don't even have the words to explain what I went through. Like, the first thing I did was I called Noah. And I'm, like, literally on the phone in tears. Just, like, in tears. Like, yo, she's here. Like, it was – that's all I can really say about it. It was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, man, that's so – because, I mean, I remember hitting you up. I don't know how long you've been at the hospital, but I'm like, oh shit, Mook's at the hospital. I hit you up. <laughs> I FaceTimed you. I was like, actually, he probably can't FaceTime right now. I don't need to FaceTime. <laughs> and I texted you and we was texting back and forth. And I was like, all right, word. Like I, I, by the time I wake up, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a new Mook in the in the world. I thought so too. <laughs> that was that, that was Saturday case. night. <laughs> this baby wasn't born till Monday, 1028. <laughs> That's awesome, though, man. I'm real happy for you. Proud of you. And thank you. Thank you. Blessings, man. Blessings. Actually, hold on one second. I'll be right back. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. We're about to bring it back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. How does that make you feel, Shiz? Just man, knowing uh, that you you up next. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's just beautiful to see my, my brother go through that. Now I know I can, uh, you know, hopefully lean on him for uh, support. 
some support through that process. Yeah, I put I got twenty dollars right now that shit passes out. Oh, shiz is definitely passing out. That, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a given. That's that's definitely gonna happen. Hey, look at the baby. Oh, look at the oh, baby. There goes, baby. There goes the baby oh, girl. There goes the baby. Baby Zoe. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'll be, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go bring it back. All right, don't yeah. drop the nigga. Yeah, Damn, so shit. <laughs> nah, he was good. <laughs> but it's just so small and precious. Like, yo, if you sneeze or you got it, you might shake him and give him a concussion. Like, that shit's scary, bro. Yeah, man. You know what's crazy? Small, Me and Rashawn like... once knew a girl who got a concussion from running. It doesn't make sense, bro. Make it make sense. How does she that happen? Doing, she was That's doing Indian sprints and got a concussion. <laughs> Sorry, you like training hard. <laughs> That's one of the most unathletic things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, uh, didn't fall. <laughs> no, she didn't fall. She from didn't running. fall. She was jogging. She, yeah, like yeah, like so jogging, her and her like, brain just rattled. She let her her brain rattled around just, a little yeah, bit. Too much movement too much going on. There. She didn't have enough cushion. It's a lot of vibration. <laughs> but yo, uh, but hold up. That's amazing, Mook. I'm real happy for you, man. I'm Beautiful. real glad. Thank you. Thank you. But I did want to get into off mic. We was talking about cooking skills, skills, saying that you didn't have no cooking skills. But did I not go on your story this morning and see some <laughs> eggs Benedict with hollandaise <laughs> sauce and some crab cakes? Crab cakes, bro. You made the, you made the crab cakes and they weren't dry. That's nah, it, so so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm call myself out right quick. The crab cakes I bought from um um the supermarket. Oh, okay. So they were okay. already pre-made and stuff like mm, that. Okay. So literally, all you had to do was, you know, do the, you know, put a cook it five just minutes brown. on each side and stuff like that, just to brown them up and stuff like that. But I did post the eggs and I did make the hollandaise. So okay, okay, you made the hollandaise. Get that, that wrist game nice. Yo, how yeah. do you poach an egg, yo? My sister would would laugh at me right now for asking this question, but oh, it's mad easy. Yeah, yeah so I, that's why I, I said a, my sister I would a, laugh at me. How to YouTube it? So you have to like boil the water. It's like. Mm-hmm. You have to put it like it's like 190 degrees that the water has to get to. Who's getting technical right now? The, I'm just talking about the YouTube video. It's all from the YouTube video. <laughs> so nah, it's all right. You put a little little you know, um, it, it, apple vinegar in there. So yeah, the vinegar is, is um very helpful. Exactly. It's crazy. I'm just saying. I'm saying my sister will make fun of me. You can definitely tell who got the public school, who got the private school. Uh, <laughs> somebody had to, somebody had the cooking class between both of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a cooking class with an elective in my school. Oh, yeah, right. but we was just but making got- chocolate chip cookies. We wasn't making no <laughs> some gourmet <laughs> <board> meals. <laughs> no, nah, but the whole point of that is to learn the basics, the techniques, and then you apply it to other recipes. Yeah, I wish I wish I had that in my high school. I didn't have none of that. Oh, we I, yo, I had that in my middle school. Oh shit! And I, I didn't have it anywhere. <laughs> The only cooking lesson I got was watching my dad. Yeah, Mook, but the the presentation was on point because I had to, you know, I had to hit you up like, yo, man, I know your dad could throw down. Shout shout out to Coach Mike, a.k.a. Chef Mike. He be throwing (laughs) down on a reg. I was like, let me find out Coach Mike's over there making, you know, breakfast for them. Exactly. So because I felt bad because Dahlia couldn't eat you know, hollandaise sauce or poached eggs for the last nine months. So we got some time to make up. Like, I know we're talking about we got to go get some oysters soon and stuff like that because she can't eat. She couldn't eat any of that kind of stuff. So, yo, the no drinking would be very disappointing for me. No drinking and smoking. Yeah. I To be honest, I like fat. Well, I, I didn't fast completely with it. But, like, I completely, like, for the first, like, five, six months, I didn't have a drink at all because I was like – I mean, I feel so bad about having a drink in front of her and stuff like that, knowing she can't drink. So I didn't completely drink. I didn't. I first time I want, remember drinking was like the not the gender reveal, the baby. No, not the baby shower. Like a few weeks before the baby shower, was the first time I had a drink. So I like held up. out. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's what's up because I I can only imagine how so so how hard it is or. If that's like a part of your lifestyle, but at the same time, you know, the motivation yeah. is also very high too. There's a human life inside of you. So. Exactly. <laughs> she was telling me I could drink the whole time, but I was like, that's fucked up to like sit there and like, oh yeah, let me get a drink while she's just sitting there watching me. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing new life into this world, man. That's something special, man. Real happy, real proud of you. But um, 
to switch gears, though, there's been something that uh, came to my attention today, and uh, we all work with youth and, you know, talk about bringing a new life into this world. Um, the Surgeon General just put out something about how he was saying that the mental health of uh, young people has worsened during the pandemic. Um, sometimes these headlines, I'm like, duh, like water is wet. But like, I, for, I forget that, you know, you know, we live in this world, so other people don't know that. Um, but just to briefly read off what a couple paragraphs from the New York Times article, what it says is the United States Surgeon General on Tuesday warned that young people are facing devastating mental health effects as a result of the challenges experienced by their generation, including the coronavirus pandemic. The message came as a part of a rare public advisory from the nation's top physician, Dr. Vivek H. Murthy, in a 53-page report noting that the pandemic intensified mental health issues that were already widespread by the spring of 2020. The report cited significant increases in self-reports of depression, anxiety, and emergency room visits for mental health challenges. In the United States, emergency room visits for suicide attempts rose 51% for adolescent girls in early 2021, as compared with the same period in 2019. The figure rose 4% for boys. Uh, globally, symptoms of anxiety and depression doubled during the pandemic, the report noted, but mental health issues were already on the rise in the United States with emergency room visits related to depression, anxiety, and related issues up to 28% between 2011 and 2015. Um, I mean, so yeah, at first I was like, duh, like, of course it is. But then once I read the statistics, um, that's quite alarming. Um, especially, you know, 51% up for uh, girls, um, which is interesting. I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but I believe that it was men commit suicide more frequently than women do um, before. And so I thought that was an interesting uh, statistic. I wonder what the numbers look like now, or I know that was suicide attempts, but just just reading that article, um, all the work we do, we all work with youth. Um, and we all we all are advocates for mental health. Just what is that article and just being in this time and being in the work we do make y'all think about? Um, I just think for me personally, um, on a day to day, mental health in general has really intensified because now, you know, you're transitioning back into this in-person uh, routine versus, you know, just spending a year and a half of being isolated. Like, I don't think there was really a proper transitional phase. <laughs> I think they were just kind of thrown back into, you know, the day-to-day -day, uh, in-person school norm. And I feel That's like- That's a good point. I, I just feel like we're not really, me personally, I, I think that there should have been more of a social, emotional, transitional phase because having conversations with certain scholars that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis, the amount of shit that they had to deal with we're talking people close to them that they have lost due to covid um people having to bounce around from apartments and stuff because parents lost jobs or, you know certain situations like that i, I think those are the, the the conversations that uh school administrators and and teachers in general aren't taking into fact that you know or even just being the pressure that just being with your kid 24 seven puts on somebody. Exactly. Like when you're able to send your kid away for nine hours a day, mm -hmm. you're away, you're at work. I imagine I wouldn't know, but I would imagine that creates some sort of relief. Once you see them in the afternoon, like, Oh, now I get to see my kid again. Right. But if you're in the house with your kid 24 seven, sorry, Mook, but if you're in the house with your kid 24 seven, but for in all reality, for some of these parents, that could be a big issue. And for some of these kids, that could be a big issue. You start to see who people really are. You start to see who the parents really are. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, one thing, though, that I do want to point out, uh, I don't necessarily know what um, the right way of letting them back in would have looked like. Um, I know they did do a hybrid thing, and I felt like that kind of gave them a little taste of being back. But one thing I do want to point out is um, out of this pandemic, Every school has at least the position of a so social worker. 
now. And um, most schools have a school psychologist now, MBPS. And also every school is assigned a family liaison with the position I'm in, which is supposed to strictly help the families. Um, like obviously the kids are it, but like what, like I'm supposed to be that connection to school and home besides just the teachers. So, I mean, budget-wise and money-wise and setting the schools up to be more realistic to fit in a modern day, I will have to give some kudos to BPS for stepping up and um, opening their wallets to have some more supports for their kids. I mean, better late than never. It definitely was late because they've been needed it, but um, they were also already piloting um, family liaisons and some schools had social workers, but um, they definitely have added some stuff to help out um, yeah, so I just wanted to put that two cents in there. Yeah, no, in like the school that I work at, we have we have stuff like that. We have like a probation officer, family uh, resource officer. But the problem is, there's only one of him, and he's between Cambridge and Somerville. And right now, he's out on leave. So now the person who's in charge of the other schools in the Middlesex County or whatever, I don't know which ones, maybe Chelsea or Everett now has to take on Cambridge and Somerville and do all four, or I don't know if it's actually all four, but do more than their own caseload. So mm-hmm. you're right. You're absolutely right. So step in the right direction, but we're still, and that's, that's the next thing that this article made me think of before uh, we get your input, Luke, just I'll say it briefly. and We'll circle back to it was we're talking about it. And I feel like there's always this emphasis, the, the teens, the teens, the young people, the teens, their mental health, but what about everybody else's mental health? What about the people mm-hmm. who are serving those people? What about the people who have to take care of those people and their mental health? Because if they can't, if we, if they, if us, if we can't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of them? And literally you see the gaps where people are just getting burnt out and just bouncing. Um, and, and rightfully so, because this is a lot to ask for anybody to do. Um, and so I'm wondering what, it. sometimes it feels like, we focus on the youth's mental health as a way to avoid talking about our own mental health. Mm. Yeah. I was, Yo, look I, at, look at all the, oh, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I feel like I completely agree with D was saying, I feel like it also has dripped up people, you know, driven up people's, you know, anxiety and things like that, you know, students and teachers and stuff like that, just people in general, some people, like I know for me personally, it was kind of hard to acclimate to being in, in a public setting just because you never really know. It's like kind of like the, the Salem witch trials at this point, because it's like you don't really know who's walking around, who has it, who doesn't have it. And, you know, everybody's anxiety was driven up and then trying to just kind of forcing us back into like, OK, let's just go back to, you know, we were at home for this amount of period. Let's just go back to school for five days a week and just you know, assume everything's going to be all right. Like, I want to say somebody, there was a study showing, like, technically speaking, like, there's kids that, you know, were hybrid for so long that, like, you know, they started out, like, they could have been in, like, preschool. Now they're, like, technically, like, first graders now. So you're trying to tell people, like, you know, because preschool is really how you get your, you know, interpersonal skills, how you develop interaction with people. Like, it's not really meant to teach you anything. It's really meant to, like, how to adjust to being around people and you're just on the first grade where they're just kind of expected to be like that already. And it's just like, it's just tough for everybody. Not only just teens, just kids in general, teachers in general, like how are they supposed to develop going back to, okay, we, we weren't around people for this long. Now we're expected to get, you know, we don't know what somebody learned and somebody didn't learn, but now you're just throwing everybody back in like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Like, it's just, it's still tough. And I think we still haven't really seen the effects of it. This probably won't be something we'll really see the effects of until like we're 10 years down the line and 20 years down the line. And until we really understand what what's, we're still currently living in, how to adjust to that and how to function in this new world that we're living in. We still don't really know what's going on at this point. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, um, thing for me is that coat that what you just said that this new world we're living in COVID and quarantine and isolation and everything the shutdown to me highlighted everything that didn't work with our system and it showed us the way that we're doing things at the very least we all know the system's corrupt right and I'm not even talking about the systemic racism or the the 
capitalism and um, economic advantages people have. But at the very least, we found out the way we work. We don't have to work like that. At the very least, we found out, yo, I don't have to be at work from nine to five to do everything that my job entails me to do. I don't have to be in school to learn everything I need to learn. I don't have to sit in a classroom and sit in front of a teacher to learn everything I need to learn to get what I need to get done. But now you're forcing me to go back to the system that's antiquated and not just antiquated that we just proved was antiquated. Now we just had y'all sitting for about two years. Right. And we want you to go back. Mm-hmm. So just off of that, besides all of the other problems that I, that we can, we always get into on other podcasts besides all that, like it's, it just seems to me it's a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And it's just putting off, it's putting off what it's putting off what we need to address, putting a bandaid or, or plugging the hole in the dam with a cork. Eventually it's going to burst. And as a result of that, you're seeing high um, staff shortages, high employee turnover rates, and just people really moving towards seeking opportunities. Entrepreneurship is a big thing now. People are seeking opportunities. It, like they, they're flexible. calling it a gig, a gig economy. Exactly. So like, no more, no more about, salary. It's just yeah, working by contract. No more, contract no more, think about what but just like flexible. What are you flexible, saying? Move? Oh, my fault. Move. Now I was saying, think about what happened to pandemic. Everybody, somebody made crazy companies made crazy amounts of money. Everybody wants like that's what people are looking towards now. Where can I find the quickest buck? That's why everybody jumped on, you know, Robinhood and in the stock market and things like that. People were like, okay, let me find the next thing because what we just lived in is we know somebody from Zoom got crazy paid over the pandemic. We realized what Amazon became during the pandemic. We realized what streaming service became during the pandemic. Everybody wants to get on that next wave. We want to find, you know, if this, if there's another pandemic or something like that coming down the line, how do we get in front of it? How do we beat everybody else to the front of the line? So something that I'm noticing just from this conversation, which I find really interesting, um, we're talking about what what's coming out of the pandemic and how we realize um, that the way we were doing things doesn't necessarily have to be that, but does anyone here have an idea of what that would look like? Specifically talking about um, school, um, Darius, you were saying that, um, you know, they realized, oh, I didn't um, have to be in school for the whole, t- the whole time. You know, I learned some stuff while I was at home. But um, do you, in your opinion, do you think that students were doing just as well by being at home? Or, or what would the, the new system that you, you're thinking about, um, what would that look like? Or, um, if, if, if I had, the, if I had the money, if I had it and all the bureaucratic stuff and politics worked out, the first thing I do is like Rashawn said, is have a reentry program to through the schools, but a reentry program into society, into life. So f- forget about what, uh, forget about like U S history, forget about European history, forget about parabolas. Forget about uh, foreign languages for just a second. Let's just all do one big needs assessment. Let's all do one big reset and check in on what what have you gone through and let's check in on how you're doing over these past two years. And then after that, then let's make an assessment on how we can reintegrate you into uh, society. And I think you can use schools because schools have the buildings and the teachers and the resources for that to do that with, with people for, for a, a beginning of time and then just easing people back into it. Um, and it just, in terms of like the education system, I mean, I don't even, I don't know where to start. And I'm sure there's people who write dissertations on how to improve that, but um, yeah. And, and in terms of the workforce, I mean, honestly, if, if you're not an essential worker, like my mom's still working from home, like with her job. Like she hasn't, they haven't required her to go into the office at all. Like some of these jobs have adapted. Mm-hmm. Some of these jobs are, are figuring out how to work in this new world. And um, people who have those jobs are fortunate. But I mean, for us who, who we're very much so on the front lines is, yo, you got to make this shit happen. So you got to, you got to go in and you got to risk, you got to essentially risk your life every day. Not to talk about all these damn school shootings that are happening. 
And the toll that the toll that <laughs> takes. Yeah. Like I didn't even I didn't even realize I was traumatized by that till the other day where um the principal pointed out to me, he's like, yo, this one school door won't shut. And he was talking about Michigan. And I'm like, oh shit, now, now I got that on the back of my head, yo. Like, what the fuck? If someone comes in here and shoots this shit up. That's one more thing I gotta worry about. But on my bad, I I I'm not sure if I answered your question, T. But I, I, think that, I think, yeah, I think one big reassessment. Everybody was, all right, we're back in it, hop in it, go. Even though we were a hybrid, it was still go. Like, yo, here's your laptop, go. There's Google Classroom, go. Like, even, <laughs> even so we were scrambling. We was to, yeah, it wasn't. We were trying wasn't, to do needs assessments, but we wasn't really doing needs we assessments. Doing them, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. We wasn't doing them for, for, for them. But I think that's just a, that's a whole nother topic. That is that is really and you D, you bring up an interesting point because that's just like the pressure. Somebody's being pressured for data and, and numbers in order to keep a certain organization afloat, right? So it just it trickles down in a way of, yo, we need to just we need to just get some sort of data, some sort of narrative so that we can stay afloat. And I think that just creates yeah, that's that's a whole nother topic, but it's this this country is too damn greedy, man. That's 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 what it this boils down is to. Too damn, it's too damn greedy, and we can't miss out on a single dollar. In order for this to happen, staying, people would have to miss out on dollars. A lot of people, a lot of companies, I feel like are staying remote because they're like, yo, we don't gotta pay for our office. Man, that's extra money in the CEO pocket. They have True. studies that say that they're more efficient. The, their workers are more efficient. Yeah. They're getting more yeah, work Yeah, done. exactly. But I feel like the only reason why a lot of companies are doing it first is the bottom line. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Like, but, you don't got to pay rent. But the way millennials work, though, like, what do we, like, especially after the pandemic, we want, like, more flexibility with work. We want more autonomy, right? That's what motivates us, right? The well-being of just our mental health now, especially being through this, those are the type of things that motivate us rather than thinking about the generations that came before us, like the, you know, the baby boomers and stuff where they had- well, th- Dog, think about it. You know it, what I'm we've saying? Sat through, we've sat through two recessions. Or we sat through a recession, a great, dep- a great depression, essentially, and a pandemic. And within 15 years, a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so, about 10, what was that? <laughs> we haven't just yeah. seen this shit fail once. We've seen this whole shit fail twice and we're still trying to do it. It's like for, for our generation and younger people, it's just like, yo, this shit just, we got to figure something else out before we kill ourselves, literally kill ourselves. Yeah. That's when getting generation, getting your generational wealth track started really comes in. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the families and stuff that um, weren't affected by that, even if they lost their job mm-hmm. at generational wealth, they had they had, you know, auntie's boathouse they could go to, you know, if they did lose a job and they couldn't pay or some assets or anything to fall back on during that time. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Like people protect yourself. You think that's like protect a pro- yourself, but you tell it, you're having people who are doing the right thing, who, who did just go to go to work every day for the past 20 years. And then they come to work one day and say, yo, you're furloughed. Peace. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So you telling me you want me to do that for 20 years and then just and get my ass kicked in every day for a job that I don't care about. That means nothing to me. But I think that's what don't care about me. I think that's just gone in a second. But I think that's what fucks our generation up, though. Back to what I was saying. It's like it's those older generations that say, yo, all right, you can't quit this job if you ain't got a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like you need this job because it has uh, some sort of like. Uh, money security you have insurance you have this and that's how all of pretty much all of my my aunts and uncles thrived off of like they were like yo if I, I i do this for 20 20 amount of years and then i got this nice little pension but that's just not how we operate now like we don't operate like that like we prioritize our well-being and all of that shit we understand that yo everything that we're doing right now motherfuckers could call us like lazy and and all all those types of shit but like that's how we operate now we operate off of our well our well-being and what quality of life looks like for us because we understand that a lot of jobs ain't offering pensions or or some sort of compensation if you stay for a long time right Uh 
So, I mean, I feel like that's where we're at right now. We're kind of like that middle child where we're just in between this old phase, this old generation that says, yo, you, you can't quit this job unless shout out to Cole. you have something like, yeah, shout out to Cole. Well, we can't, but then we also have kids who are going through the pandemic and say, yo, Mr. Powell, why the fuck do I need school when I'm making money off of this Twitch account or, or playing video games? Selling, I'm making money selling sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, as, and, what you, as, and what do you tell them? What, what do well, we? I, I started my own car detailing business. Like I detail yeah. cars now. And what do we tell them? Now nah, I tell them, you... nigga, how'd you how'd you learn how to fucking read? <laughs> All right, after high school, do your thing, but you got to get those critical thinking skills. You got to practice them so you can continue applying that to your business. Like they didn't just get there as soon as they learned how to read in second grade with their sight no, words. That like, business could have taught them the critical skills. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you got to have a foundation. Where do you get that foundation? You do, you do, but you do, but you don't. I don't think that's what sister. it is, bro. <laughs> I say you do, but you don't. Like in the grand nah, scheme I think of things, if, high school. I think if, college is a joke, but like, if a dude is really good at being a mechanic and he can fix that damn car really well, I mean, I think it's, he I think can it live a happy goes, life. I think it kind of goes. Yeah, not to say that. Not to say that being a mechanic that is, takes is, years is, of practice. Yeah, yeah, it does. yeah. No, but I'm saying, but he doesn't have to. But that doesn't inquire require learning a bunch of other things. But you're 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 avoiding a huge part of what school is. School isn't just to educate people. A huge part of school is socializing young people, right? So like a kid that says, "I don't need school anymore because I can be a mechanic. I can sell shoes." Like part of what he's saying, or he or she is saying, they can make money outside of it. But a huge part, and I think more than half of what the point of school is, is to socialize, you know, and get used to talking to other people. I, I, I want to push and back practice on that, those skills. If he's running a business or if he's working, he's he's, he's socializing. He's gonna have yeah. to figure that out. But it goes back to I what mean, you not... said, Reem, in our last recording, though. Like, what separates a guy who goes to Berkeley for music and stuff? He does the right path that his parents told him to do. He graduates with a music degree. What separates him from a guy, a sixteen-year-old who's on SoundCloud who makes a song that pops and then he figures it out? You know what I'm saying? That's different from college and high school, though. But you know what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying. Not really necessary. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a following. It's you know how you build. It it depends on kind of who you know. It depends on how you're recognized. Like they could have the exact same skill and talent level, but you're right because this person knew this person, or you know got lucky, or just had the right um, resources. They were able to get there. You know, and I see, I see what you're saying, D. If you're, if you're, let's take the businessman example, then yeah, you'll probably get some social skills. You'll figure out how to to sell yourself, how to interact with people, how to read people and understand people. But it's all going to be typically within your own, you know, domains of choosing. You're starting those interactions, or you're kind of be putting in those interactions based on your goals to sell uh, whatever, or you know, to to be in those situations. School is like you you can't control your environment at school. To a certain degree, in business, you're going to be able to control who you interact with, what type of clients you see, you know, things like that. Yeah, I feel you. I also, like, Trevor asked me a question earlier, like, some things that I would institute or what I would do or change. Um, I, I definitely would want to, um, at least after after graduating high school, I would implement, like, a year off. A year off, like, a year of tra- a year of travel or a year of service. Gap year. A gap year, exactly. Why would you implement it? Um, I think that allows. I think there needs to, or I think there's a lot to be gained between a year, get from high school to college that people could take, and I think uh, that does what you're talking about, Kareem, in socializing people by getting them out in the world and seeing a different perspective, by mm-hmm. by either traveling somewhere else or doing a year of service, working for working for somebody for volunteering. Yeah, I mean, just from my experience studying abroad, man, I opened my eyes to a completely different perspective of just the world, man, and a different culture. Yeah, I, I think that could be helpful. I don't know if I like implementing or like that it's forced or even maybe oh, strongly no, I, suggested. Okay, I'll say encouraged. Sorry, encouraged. encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would make yeah. that. Po- I'd make that popular. I would make that popular. Right. Yeah. I, would make I, that I can agree po- with that. I would push that. I would push that harder than I would push people going to college. Is what I would say. I mean, that mm-hmm. opportunity exists, as we know, with through AmeriCorps and probably some other 
Absolutely. Um, organizations. Just, yeah, it's just people don't. Thing is, I've never heard about it until my senior year of college, because some girl told me she got rejected. So I was like, Oh, I'm about to sign up for that shit. Oh, I got it. Uh huh. but um so another thing and thinking about that gap year stuff some of that is you know definitely involves privilege too because um there's no way i would have been able to take a gap year out of of, after college if it wasn't for me sending a letter to every family member my parents associated with telling them my intentions and them sending what they could so i Mm. had like some money to go down there and do that um so absolutely and i guess that's 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 what more so what i mean by implement um is make it more accessible set aside the money for it yeah well the money is set aside but not enough right the money is set aside for you make it more accessible yeah make it more accessible. yeah because the money you know you get your um seagull award and financially that's really really helped me you know like 11 12 well you're only talking about that's only for americorps yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's city the year, most like, accessible that's one that I know of. That's what, that's what I can tell them. No, but that's I know city you. Year and a whole bunch of other programs under that umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, so Trent you... is city year in Louisiana. And I did city year in California. So we both have experiences with AmeriCorps and, and doing a service year. And that's kind of where I'm drawing this experience from. But I'm are also you, drawing you... it from my, my uh, time abroad as well. Are you thinking that it's important to have that type of experience where you're kind of doing some sort of work? Um, no, I said traveling either, abroad or just or just to purely just to travel abroad and be somewhere different from where you've been. I say either or either, either yeah. travel abroad or take the time to 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 do something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love it if this world decided to take time to do something for somebody else. But I don't know right. how many people are inclined to do that. And I think there's yeah. valuable there's valuable, valuable lessons in just traveling to somewhere else as well. Right. Yeah. I think if I'm playing devil's advocate, the the idea of something like that being strongly encouraged or implemented, I think about the people that will then take advantage of that situation. And I wouldn't go as far as to say ruin it for everybody else, but make it more difficult, mm. um, you know, and maybe that's part of the challenge of, of figuring out how to do something like that. But I mean, it, happen, I, it happens in other European countries, man. Like, they, they all bounce. It definitely does. It happens. Yeah. But part, of that too, but part of that, too, is that college is so affordable and accessible. Right. It's, so kinda, that, it's kind of so baked it's like in. I could put it off for a year and come back and still afford it later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that has more to do, to do just with, with our society expectations than, than anything else, really. If we as a society prioritize, you know, experiences and helping each other, then things like City Year and AmeriCorps would seem a lot more interesting to people. But we prioritize making money, status, you know, and and that requires you to have to go to school or start your own business and figure out a way to to make money off people. So it it, it goes figure out how to go and get it. Yeah. Right. So it, it. it's a societal change that would have to be made. And absolutely. I don't know how absolutely. you, and like you guys were saying earlier, I think what no, this is a magic, mind, this is a magic wand. If I had a magic wish, right. Yeah. yeah. In the yeah this is ideal. But, but ideal. even, even continuing that conversation though, I'm thinking, cause you guys were yeah, talking about school piece too. Whoa, my bad. That's a lot. That's a lot of genies. That's a lot of genies. I wonder what that's type of bottle of that is. My bad. Go ahead. Henny. We got power. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Uh-uh. But no, I was just thinking about how do you incentivize people to change even something like the education system or even just to change a single school? How do you incentivize somebody to do that? Money, money, money. You know? money. I feel like it's just as a society, mm-hmm. we're so we're so drilled into to this form of American of, society. It's yeah, American, American society, society. That there's mm-hmm. no changing because it's like we think of like our predecessors. I feel like they would never want to make it because it would have to start with the higher ups. If we're being completely honest, it would have to start with the highest up. And I feel like they're so in tune to well, this is how I got here. So this is how everybody else has to get here. And Crabs nobody would ever want to and nobody ever wants change. Like the 
the people below you never want to see you shall never want to see you find another way to get to where they are so hey, like for example like if you ever look at like i hate to bring it back to like the nba players the nba players the older nba players are a lot more uh jealous of the current nba players because of how much money those guys are making mm-hmm. we're talking about like you know back then you know what the highest paid nba player is making duncan robinson's making to 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 just you know catch and shoot. Damn, my guy Duncan, that's crazy. Duncan, Duncan is somewhere <laughs> chilling right now, catching rays. <laughs> no, that's not even a, that's not even a space. I was just thinking of I'm thinking of any contract. At I'm all thinking people. of like a, yeah. I'm just thinking of you I know, thought he was gonna a, say really a marginal. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming soon, but I can't take away the fact that man's an all star. But I'm taking like you know we're talking about like you know. Right, average yeah. NBA, average to above average NBA players are making what superstars should be making. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you can understand, like, you know, when somebody above you, with somebody that's not on your level is finding another way to get to where you are with you think not as much, you know, talent or, or, or mindset or whatever drive or whatever you want to quantify it as in the business world, that they're finding a way to get there it's always going to piss those people up um, the higher up. So they'll never change that because they're like, no, you have to go through these steps to get to where I am. I've, I've gotten, I've got an idea that I just thought about and it, it doesn't involve money, but what if, and this is extremely unethical, but what if a bunch of researchers did fake research and showed that if you, let's say um, research shows that if kids take a gap year, then they are wildly more successful or they're 10 times more likely to make this income. Or if you, you know, stick your kid in sports and encourage them to be nice and share and friendly, um, they are 10 times more likely to do this. And it reflects this much better on parents. Like then that incentivizes the wealthy people to say, oh, I do want to do this because it's going to make me better or it's going to make my children better without actually using money to get them to change the system. Yo, so we boom. just need a super unethical I mean, researcher to do something like that and just fake the God, science. Yo, so Kareem, low key, like when I did my bad book, yo Kareem, when I did, when I did City Air, wasn't no broke niggas there. They know that they got your shit, shit helped. Mm. And mm. If, I'm a, if I'm a wealthy white man or a person with AKA people in charge, why am I going to change a system that works for me? Like, why am I going to change it so that it works for everyone else? No, like, I want I, I want to be a power hoarder. And that, that's just, like, a sign of white supremacy, you know, overall. Um, that's a it's great, just like power great, hoarding. great point, Trevor. A lot of the people at City Year, and I'll tell you all this. Uh, There's nobody broke. Make a, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, what's it called, white guilt. It's a lot mm. of voluntourism. Is it is it a resume builder like oh it's a I resume these little builder. Negroes in the yes, city exactly it's a re- people <laughs> so use it as a resume builder yeah I was in the hood I was in the trenches. oh my god that must been so hard I was at the Burke for a year and I a lot of the little... people are like Ivy League like yeah you know. I can see that yeah we had kids from like Harvard and shit that um, are yeah. yeah. up there and stuff like yeah I didn't just do a gap year like I was I in the hood I don't see color <laughs> like those types. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 That was one of my biggest it. problems with that. See, actually has a huge problem retaining black men. But Kareem, that, that goes to your point. Like, what happens when people uh corrupt the system or if people take advantage of the system? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, that does happen. And I've seen it firsthand. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a tough one. There's not a clear answer. And even if there was, it probably wouldn't be implemented not that quickly. <laughs> No way. I just thought yeah. of something. Do you think like a lot of nonprofits, like just to stay afloat, still play on this? Like, you know, this is a, you know, your donation would help a black and brown. It's like watching those like commercials, like, yeah. you know, 25 oh, yeah. cents will help. This Where the fly, the fly to... perfectly lands on the kids. Nigga, look at where you work. Minutes. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, <laughs> no, for real. You like, like, yo, I know we laugh and joke, but it's just fly, like, fly? it's this. <laughs> He's fucking stupid. Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. But it's just crazy that like we create businesses or nonprofits just to 
just to, or organizations just to make money off of a narrative to where we could just put this money into white, really white guilt. Well, we could we could put this money into really a real shit, changing real, like a real change, everlasting changing stuff, and we yeah. Don't. We put it on a band-aid like City Year, who has people come in and out of these kids' life for one once a year every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're half trained, taking the jobs of actual trained, certified teachers who could actually be there doing cheap labor. That's what it's about. People be like, teachers, we literally be like, oh, I wish we had a City Year. My last class, City Year. If I need a poster, I bring it to City Year. And like, just knowing that like they're gonna build a like they're just a. Oh man, these these water bottles because our our all our pipes have lead in it. These water bottles are too heavy. I like, somebody call city here. Tell them to take off their jacket and bring these up. Like, come on, man. They they exploiting people. It's crazy. Make it sound like Ghostbusters. Who are you gonna oh, call? Man. I just think all the money nah, for that real. is raised <laughs> you bro, into you, you everything, bro. You custodian opportunities, nurse, everything. Nigga, I learned how to paint. So well, <laughs> Bob Ross. Like, what? I thought I was helping kids. And, like, I know I can tape the fuck out of a room and make sure I don't a drop of paint. So I learned how to fix a wall. I put a shed up. Like, <laughs> hey, playground, digging deep ass holes. I'm like, don't they got a machine for this? Oh yeah, my god, the, re- the rental fee a little lower. So that in your job description too? That's crazy. Oh, Absolutely job description. Not. It's just super Absolutely. vague. Don't give me <laughs> job description. <laughs> Whatever the fuck I want you to do. That's the buy-in. <laughs> so we got you now. Yeah. Wow. Well, all right. As the, as as Drizzy would say, well, all right. <laughs> Back in the day, I don't know if y'all young bucks know about that, Drizzy. One take, take one take Drake, Drizzy. Yeah, Drake, two. Aubrey Graham. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Fuck Damn. your life. Wow. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> you see these dogs in the front yard? Just go upstairs oh, and go hard. Bing bong. <laughs> Yo, I was young brownie, mommy. What's up? <laughs> well, damn, bro. I feel like we, we wrapped this one up anyways, yo. <laughs> I'm cooling. Hey. Nah, Reem, anything, pod, anything? Bro. Reem, you want a final minute? What is the Stephen A's final minute? Oh, yeah. I got a final minute. What do yeah, I hey, want? What do I want? What do I want? Oh, um, you know what? I gotta say, fuck Chipotle. All right, they had me waiting. <laughs> they had me waiting. Yeah, yeah, chill out, chill out. Forty-five minutes because because their system was down. Unless they want to sponsor us, then. You cool, but right now, fuck you, nah, you, you said this. I was, this. I was upset. He said he's out I was, with you, I was mad as hell sitting there, and I Yo, saw Kareem mad people mad walk in, walk in, bro. Yeah, at like they walk in, show their order, and then they would make it right there. And I was like, bro, I've been sitting here, I just showed you my order. Why am I not getting my shit made? You know what's and crazy? Finally, though? I feel like Chipotle just did it all wrong with this whole online ordering thing. Bro, it's fucked. It's stupid. It's, it's way faster just to get in line and order it right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it bro, does. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even do it online all anymore. All the time, and, just yeah. get and to be honest, to be honest with you, I rather be right up in their face while I'm ordering it because you just don't know. <laughs> People can walk in and just be like, "Oh shit, I thought this was mine." Got their fingers all up in your Chipotle bowl yeah. and stuff. I seen. Well, it. that's yeah, like, why they. Right you you couldn't. Like, you couldn't even order in the store. They were only doing online orders. Oh, so they crazy. literally just got a surplus of orders and it crashed their system, yeah. screwed everything up. It's like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> and I was sitting there, bro. I'm like getting mad as hell. Just like, all right, let me be polite. Let me not supply chains, bro. Let me not go off right here. That's I was. I was. Now that now that you say that, I was kind of tapping. I was like, bite your lip. You're right, D. You're right. Oh, you ever man. see that video where Drake like runs through with security guards to go back in the building? Oh, he's trying to fight uh, Puff. <laughs> yeah. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> Yo, man. Uh, nah, man. Yo, I had to snitch on a, a restaurant worker the other day, bro. I was at Panera, man. I had to snitch. I'm sorry. I was ooh. in the bathroom. Me and him was in the bathroom. Panera. I went to the bathroom, dude. Walked straight out. See. I said, yo, See? yo, yo, my man's, my man's. Yo, there's a sign in there that says, that? wash your hands. Right. You didn't wash You're your going to do that dude. with everything going on? Yo, so I thought. Yeah, you was going to scoop my soup with them hands? Dog, I followed him out and I was like, hey, yo, this dude did not wash his hands. 
and everybody looked at me like I'm like, yo, oh, I'm not that's crazy. Like, two, or people, two or three people came up to me like, yo, thank you for that because I didn't want him handling my food. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how you just walk out the bathroom like that. That's crazy. Did he go I mean, back in and wash? Uh, he just went to the back. He just acted like he couldn't hear me, but I, I, wow. I was like following him That's out the bathroom. Like, yo, wow. he probably was like a little, crazy he probably YouTube was a little scared. That's aggressive, D. That's Sean aggressive. Knows how I get. If you were scared, gonna, you would I'm just go back in the bathroom and wash your hands. Yo, you ain't about that life. You, 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 you didn't yoke him up. Oh, first no, of all, saying, no, you know how I get. I'll, I'll call somebody out at the yeah, job. I know. Of the dime. I, know. I don't care. First he of was all, probably over there like this. He was probably over there like, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> what you want, Playboy? Hands and shit. Straight out that bathroom. I said, excuse me, yo. He beelined it right out this year. <laughs> you forget so you want a five piece? So what you want? <laughs> that was crazy. I ain't My man must have been on break. He must have been overstaying his break. Bro, I don't know. Get back on the floor. <laughs> That's nasty. If he just goes and hits the hand sandy, like, yo, I'm Ooh. good. <laughs> He's giving two pumps. That's the that's the replacement. Two pumps. Hey, but that's the risk you take with uh fast food, man. You never know. Or just that is absolutely anywhere. True. You never know. Yeah, I almost got my Shake Shack privileges revoked the other day because I was I was uh cheating on him with some five guys. Hey yo, five guys ain't even that, bro. Like, hey yo, yeah. <laughs> You was cheating on with who? Oh snap! Damn. That sounds like a whole huh? reality Damn, episode. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Had you Bang stressed bros. out? Tasty Burger, Shake Shack, and Five Guys. What's the order rank? Five Guys, Tasty Burger, Shake Shack. Oh, hold on. Say that again. Tasty Burger, Five Guys. Yo, I might get murked out in my sleep for saying that. Mm, I would say five guys. <laughs> the Shake is Shack assassins about wait, wait, to come after. Put Wahlburgers in there too. Nah, so nah, nah fuck Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers don't belong in there. I thought Wahlburgers is pretty good. Nah, fuck Wahlburgers. I say okay. five guys number one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this shit too if, if we air this. <laughs> tasty Burger number two. I only say Tasty Burger because you know why? It's a couple of drunk nights that we locked. Tasty Burger <laughs> always came in clutch. Oh, it's got that umami flavor. It, yeah, and then and then number three is is Wahlburgers. Yo, this man, oh. this man, Will, <laughs> don't worry about that, Rashawn. Will knows, Will knows where, Will knows where his heart is, bro. He used to go to Tasty Burger and buy twenty five burgers and come back with them to Wheelock and hand them out like he was throwing ones at the strippy. Yeah, like, what? Oh, he, he, like would get, he, he would get, <laughs> he would get on one, bro. He'd get on one. And then be like, yo, burgers for everybody. <laughs> and <laughs> run up to Tasty and buy burgers for everybody. Proceed to do it. Several different occasions. So he knows, he knows where he started. He knows where he started. I think Tasty Burger is number one, mm-hmm. personally, because they, they, they got high quality burger comedy. Like, who you know got Gorgonzola blue burgers, yo? Yo, we still got some merch in the works. Uh, tis the season, man. Holiday season. Holiday season. Holiday tis the season. season yo, baby. copy a sweater, yo. Thank you to everybody who's already copped the sweater. That's actually <laughs> super dope, yo. I rocks with y'all. That means a lot. If you haven't done it yet, please purchase yours before the campaign's up. It really means yeah. a lot. Um, you know, we, what we're doing is we're figuring our way out, just like uh, everybody else is at this time. So every little bit counts. Every little bit counts. And, you know, like I like to say now, it's not just a podcast, it's a movement. So get with it. Mm, I like also want to mm-hmm. go on one little tangent real quick. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with power. I haven't. No, no, no. no, no don't yet. go there, man. I gotta, but I gotta I have. Catch up. I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't go there. I got to catch up. We got to do it. Hey, listen, stay tuned for a this power review. Your daughter popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. All I'm of a ready sudden, she's like 15. I'm ready to spew <laughs> about this fucking show. All right, yeah, I've, I've got, got a lot we'll, of we'll, anger. We'll, we'll do a recap on the first couple of episodes next next up. I'll catch up this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. give me somebody give me the 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 what's it called the bomb so I can just keep saying stuff and just dropping funk bastard <laughs> flash bombs. Just say the sound effect. <laughs> hey, Mook, where, we where could the good people find us, man? The good people can find us at off the rip dot podcast and off the rip underscore podcast. So like I always say, tell a friend to tell a friend to give us a listen and you won't be disappointed. Like we said earlier today, go copy your merch, go get that. Tis the season. 
And also, we are still on the road to 500. On the road to 500, Indy 500. Exactly. So let's hit there before the end of the year. Forget about where you came from. How the fuck I 